0: Element City Church family and friends, so glad you guys are back. Uh, we're so excited again to be able to worship with you, uh, share the word with you, and all kinds of things. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it out there, but there's a video flying around with Chris Farley uh, running up and down, high five in the audience, and the caption is What We're All Gonna Do uh, When Church Returns. And so we miss you guys. Uh, that's kind of the way we feel around here, just extra excitement, just seeing people doing things. And so wish we could hug you, wish we could high five you, maybe fist bump you, uh, hit the screen. You know, we don't want to get diseases or anything like that. Uh, but anyway, if you're new with us, go to our app, uh, our app, you, you can download an Element City Church app. And if there's a connection card to fill out, get, get connected with us, get your information on there and we can reach back out to you. Um, and again, on our website, for all of the family and friends out there that know about what's going on, go down that that front page, and there's orange buttons on there. One says, I want to help. One says, I need help. Uh, we've been able to help a few people. There's been 20, 30 of you saying, hey, I'm willing to help. That's been great, awesome. Once again, I love being a part of church that gives, and you guys keep giving and giving in all kinds of new ways. Um, we're setting up the Hope Mob. Uh, that's another way that any money you give above and beyond what you normally give to the church goes into that hope mob when you click on that portion of it. And 100% of those proceeds is going to go directly to people who are in need. Uh, there has been a couple people who've lost jobs. We're trying to help them with rent, things like that. So if any of you out there that have it on your heart to give extra and to give to those kinds of things, know that 100% of that money is going to those people in need that are a part of our church family and community. Uh, one thing coming up, and it's going to happen at the end of this service, is a Zoom call. But also now other events are going to be coming up. And the next one is Wednesday night. There's going to be a Zoom call that's going to be our Wednesday night prayer, our once a month prayer meeting. And if you want to be a part of that, go to the app once again and go to the, uh, the portion in there that is the, uh, I forget, the events. Um, and on there, you can look that up. And click on the Zoom call, and you can connect into that Zoom call. If you have any other questions, you can call me, uh, Jack, or Brian as well, and we can give you that information for that Zoom call. But want everybody to participate in that. There's going to be other events coming up that's going to be on Zoom call. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, So with all that said, join me in prayer. Get get your hearts ready right now to worship and seek the God together. And we want to pray not only for our church, but for the Church of the Week, which is Northwest Community Friends Church. And we're just going to pray and ask God to come in and meet us in this time. Amen. So, Father, we just uh, are so thankful uh, that you're keeping us safe. You're keeping us protected. You're keeping us in your presence and your peace. And Lord, we not only pray for our church, but we pray for Northwest Community Friends Church and their vision and their purpose and their calling. God, that you've put on their hearts to be able to reach out and touch lives and and just let people know how much they are loved by God. And so Lord, we bless them, ask you to continue to meet their needs and keep them safe as well. And Lord, we ask you now to come. Come be a part of this time together, God, where we're worshiping in all kinds of houses and all kinds of places All across the city, Lord, meet each of us right where we're at, right where we need you, Lord. We want to hear from you. We want to worship you. We want to thank you. And we want to do it together uh, in in this forum, God. And so we just give you thanks for this time in Jesus' name. Blessings.
1: me from where the thunder hides I cannot run it's hard I'm heavy to with every step I collide with you I could side away crashing over me rushing into with me you're Never let us down. You don't walk back, relentless in pursuits. Every turn, I come face to face with you, like a tidal wave crashing over me. Rushing in to meet me here, you. Like a hurricane I can't escape Tearing through the atmosphere Your love is fierce You chase me down How could I be lost when You have called me found? You chase me down, You seek me out. How could I be lost when You have called me found? Chase me.
2: Space between Now I've been set free There is a cross that bears the burden Where another died for me There is another
1: in the fire
2: All my debt left with ebony a slave to my sin anymore. should I fall in the space between what remains of me and this reckoning either way I won't die to the things of this world and I know I will never be alone there is another in the fire standing to me there is another in the waters holding back the seas should i ever need reminding power sets me free there is a grave that holds nobody now the power lives in me there is another in the fire I know that's where you be. I can the joy come every, every battle. Cause I know that's where you will be. I count the joy from every battle, Cause I know that's where you be. I count the joy from every battle, Cause I know that's where you be. I count the joy from every battle. Cause I know that's where you'll be
1: in your eyes There's no question of the blind, purify our hearts in your fire, breathe in us we pray, Jesus have your
3: Father, we lift you up this evening. No borders to your love.
1: Cause there's no borders to your love. There's no division in your heart, God of heaven. God of freedom. That shines above Become the light that shines in us There's no darkness in your way So have your way Lord have your way
3: Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you for the blood. Thank you for the body that you sacrificed for us, Father. And we come before you tonight in a time of so much waiting. And Father, you tell us that if we truly wait if we truly wait on you, that we'll rise up on eagles' wings. In these times, what an amazing promise that is. And we, Father, Father, we ask that as we soar on those wings with you, Father, that you would raise us up, that you would have your way we would be carriers of a light. And in these dark times, that we would carry that responsibility and that burden well to carry the name of Jesus. And that life would be brought to this place, to this community, Father, to our country, to our world. And that revival under the name of your son would thrive and flourish. And that your church, that we, your church, will carry that to the best, the best that we can. Father, I lift up Pastor Jack as he comes and shares with us, Father, your words. Renew us, strengthen us. May we bring in those words, Father. May they rest in our hearts and our minds. That we could change a little piece of this world every day when we go out. We love you. You You're so worthy of our praise. We're honored to be able to approach you, to be able to offer to you what we have. Bless our evening, bless our time together. And we love you.
4: Amen. And I want to welcome you again, especially if you're just tuning in or if you're new and joining us in worship. We're going to look into God's word here for a little bit and get back into some worship. And just thrilled to have you here as a part. I know in times of the unknown, things can be really uneasy but we continue much like Gabe was saying in that prayer as we lean on the sovereignty and the power and we rest in the shadow of God and what he's up to. And so we continue to pray for you, friends, continue to pray that God would use you to shine his light in the, the reach that you have around you. We ask for his blessing upon your families. And I uh, want to continue to, to kind of point you back to the main website, elementcitychurch.org. If you have a need, let us know. We want to be a church that's meeting those needs. We've got many people that have already signed up to try to help and to want to help in the days ahead. And so that's a way that you can find uh, and let us know a need and also sign up to be a person that can help uh, along the way. And uh, before we dive into the message today, I wanted to take just kind of a moment and share, because maybe you have found yourself in a moment like I found myself in just a couple days ago. Um, It was about Wednesday of this week, and just in honesty, uh, I felt pretty overwhelmed. Um, I was pretty taken aback. I was finding myself easily teary. Uh, My mind was distant. I wasn't engaged a whole lot. I I felt just a weight upon my soul, and uh, fear was a part of that, the unknown, just, and I don't know if you found yourself there. Um, But it was in kind of my morning prayer walk, which I've actually had more time to do consistently, and and, uh, that God reminded me of something, reminded me of Psalm 34, which is, is packed full of some precious promises of him, that he's the one that we, we can seek him and that he will be found, that he's attentive to us, that he's attentive to our prayers, our cries. He understands our heart. He, he's one that is close to the brokenhearted, it says. Psalm thirty four eighteen. he's close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. And just in honesty, that's where I was. Uh, And so I just began to lean into that and say, God, that's where I'm at. And, And I realized after walking many, many people over the years through grief and loss that that's what I'm feeling. And maybe that's what you're feeling, a sense of loss. We have lost what is normal, quote unquote. And you and I are thrust into a season right now where we're trying to navigate what's the new normal. What does this look like? And how do you begin to, to maximize and take advantage of that? But how do you have to navigate the ups and downs of what naturally comes with something new? And the heartache that comes with that. And I just want you to know that it's okay to not be okay. And I think you need to hear that. I think you need to remind yourself. I needed to remind myself that it's it's okay to not be okay it's okay to struggle through a difficult time it's okay to to realize that we can come before God we don't have to have it all perfected together And, and we don't want to be ruled by fear but fear is a natural part the unknown is scary in some ways It can feel overwhelming it can feel like it's trying to get the best of you maybe you feel blue or feel down but in those moments what we do next really matters and, and so for me, it was going to Psalm 34 and saying, God, these are the promises that you have promised and you're way bigger and way better at this than I am. And so I'm leaning into you, not into my own kind of ingenuity, my own uh, framework. And when all those emotions of these last couple of weeks kind of catches up with you, maybe crashes down on you a little bit in those moments, uh, friends, it's okay to have a whole range of emotions, but what you do with those emotions is the key. And so who you go to, your family, your friends, to God himself, and to say, God, here's where I'm at. That's what I love about the Psalms is David, in so many aspects of life, shared every raw emotion he had. There's demonstration in the Psalms to say this is we can bring all of who we are to God. It doesn't throw him off. It doesn't knock him off his throne. And he's able to handle it because he's big enough. Jesus is big enough to be with you and right alongside you. You have the great I am walking by your side, and so do I. You've got us walking by your side, so do I, and that we've got you. And that's how God has kind of knit us together as a community, is to be there for one another. And so let's continue to do that. Let's continue to be that for our neighbors and to lean into his promises. Uh, it's okay to mourn loss and to grieve. Um, but I want to encourage you maybe to do a few things this week and in the weeks to come to, that continue to, to put you in a better spot. That when you find yourself traveling that kind of stretchy, that kind of edgy space that you'd say, God, I need your help and you'd lean into that, that you'd do some things that fill your cup, that nourish your soul, that you would focus on feeding your faith and starving your fear, that you would continue to lean into prayer and lean into scripture, that you would have uh, maybe the courage to turn off the news for a little bit and intentionally invest in your family and invest in those that you love and you care about and let your mind kind of take a rest, to take a break, Uh, get some good sleep, take naps, be like Jesus Take naps. He took naps and it blessed him, and it'll bless you. Get some good sleep. Uh, Eat well. Hey, snack occasionally. Let's do that. It's okay. Um, Get some good exercise. Take some walks. Maybe this is the the moment to take some prayer walks with you and connect with friends over Zoom. We're going to have a connection here at the end of the service. Uh, the first Wednesday, we'll continue to do that, connect with people on FaceTime over the phone. We may be practicing some social distancing, but that doesn't mean we have to be isolated. We can still connect. And so friends, we love you, we're here for you, and we want the best for you. And we're in this together, Jesus will see us through, it's going to be okay. So if you have your Bibles, let's dive into where we are. We've been in this series in the Gospel of John called Believe, and, uh, I want to go back, uh a little bit into John chapter three. So if you have your Bibles, you can go there. You can open up the app and go down. In John chapter three, we're gonna kind of eavesdrop in to a conversation, a one-on-one conversation that Jesus has with Nicodemus. We'll call him Nick. And Nick comes over in the late night hours because it's a secret meeting, because his curiosity has been pricked about Jesus. What you have to understand is that there's something stirring in Nick's heart, that says, I've got to know more about this Jesus. I've got to understand, I'm seeing him from afar. I'm seeing him up close. And there's something about the way he lives and what he does and what he teaches and how he does it that's got me curious. And I just want to know more. And we have so much communication, um, you think of communication from a stadium level when you're in a stadium, you think of uh, communication from emails and from Zoom calls and from group settings and dynamics, but there's nothing quite like just a one-on-one conversation. I, I kind of pictured Nick maybe bringing over some Starbucks or a bottle of wine and <laughs> saying, Jesus, I just need to process and listen, and I need to be with you. And so this begins to take place. What's interesting about this is who Nick who Nicodemus is. And here's what it says in John chapter three, verse one through two. It says there was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. Now right there, it's got to catch your attention that the Pharisees were the leaders of the day, the religious leaders of the day. And they actually had it out for Jesus. In fact, there's beginning to be this turmoil that's going on that the gospel of John and every other gospel, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, highlight this tension that's growing between the religious leaders, the Pharisees of the day, and Jesus himself. So much so that they're wanting to arrest him and actually the plans of beginning to talk about killing him, eliminating him, have already begun to take place. And yet, there's something about the way Jesus is rocking the boat and yet, in this moment, Nicodemus, a Pharisee, is recognizing that Jesus is rocking his world. And he's he's created this incredible curiosity. You can kind of feel it behind there. So he's this religious leader, and it's after dark one evening, he came to speak to Jesus, and he says, Rabbi, we all know that God has sent you to teach us, that your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. And he begins to seek out and ask these questions. Nicodemus is a leader of the day. But there's something about the way Jesus interacts, the way He teaches, what He has to say, the miracles He does, that points to something that Nicodemus doesn't have for himself. He begins to realize, okay, I'm a religious guy and and I've been following after God, and yet I I feel like when I look at Jesus, I'm I'm missing something, and I've just got to know more. And and I wonder, it kind of creates this question that in our life uh, of maybe you're a follower of Jesus and. Maybe you're watching and you're not. And man, I can't think of a a better message for you to eavesdrop in on than this one. And so if that's you, man, I'm so glad that you're here, that you're owning your own spiritual journey and investigating. But for those of us who are maybe followers of Jesus, we've surrendered our life to him, we're trying to follow after him. I, I think this curiosity, this backdrop of Nicodemus begs a question for us. Are we living in such a way that the people around us are curious enough where they want to lean in. Jesus is living his life, everyday life. And Nicodemus is saying, there's something about the way you live, Jesus. There's something about what you talk about and how you live this out that I've just got to lean in and know more. Are we living in such a way that's causing others to want to lean in for a closer look? See, our actions speak louder than our words. And so your tweets, your posts, your conversations, your nonverbals, your reactions in conversations that take place, they either draw people in or they can begin to push people and keep them at arm's length and they want to steer clear. And so the question for us is, hey, in the way I live, am I living in such a way, God, that you can leverage my life in the way that I speak, the way I live, the way I act, the way I react, that the people around me would be curious about my relationship with you. And they begin to maybe want to lean in. See, our actions will always speak loudly. And then there will come a moment when our words need to speak clearly. It's not just about living a life that's following after God and and we hope people see and, and or get curious about Jesus, that at some time, if we're actually living that way and people are beginning to lean in and wanna know a little bit more, there's gonna come a time where not just your actions speak, but you actually have to use words to speak about Jesus and the hope that he is for you and, and what he's bringing about in your life. Peter, the apostle, writes about this in 1 Peter 3.15, where he says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks for the reason, for the hope that you have. But to this with gentleness and respect. Meaning, I'm going to live in a way where I'm living out an authentic faith, and, and I hope people get curious about it. And when they do, I'm going to be ready to, to be prepared to give an answer to the hope that I have to share the story of what God's doing in my life. But I want to do that with gentleness and respect that as a follower of Jesus, we don't yell at people. We want to talk with people and we want to invite them to a little bit closer look. And that's what Jesus is doing with Nicodemus. In fact, he starts this conversation. He goes, hey, you got to be born again. And the reality is, if you ever heard that, That phrase, born again, this is where it comes from, John chapter 3. And Jesus begins to to, kind of unwrap a little bit of what this, okay, in the human realm, we have births that happen this way, and it's humanity that's birth. But in a spiritual realm, there's a spiritual birth that Jesus begins to talk about. Nicodemus has questions. He begins to answer back to that. And then we get to verse 13, where he says, look, Jesus says to Nicodemus, look, no one has ever gone to heaven and then returned to report about it. But the son of man, a title that Jesus would use for himself often throughout, especially the gospel of John, but the son of man has come down from heaven. That's what he says in chapter one. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on the pole in the wilderness, so the son of man must be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. Okay, Jesus just threw in Moses and like going back thousands of years. What did he mean by that? Well, if you understand the the scriptural text a little bit, you kind of go back to Numbers chapter 21 and and the Torah. Remember Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and Numbers 21, the, the people of God in the Exodus of leaving Egypt before they got to the promised land, well, they would often rebel against God. And they were kind of, in spite, say, we should go back to Egypt, and, and God would, would almost punish or spank, in a way, and his people. And in this one of those moments, uh, God had sent some venomous snakes into the camp to kind of, uh, to really cause havoc, and it was killing people. And the people cried out, God, we've sinned. Would you please forgive us? Would you take care of us? And God commanded Moses to, to create this statue, this bronze statue of, of two snakes around a pole and lifted up in the middle of camp and that anyone who was bitten would look at that, then they would be saved. And here Jesus is saying, Nicodemus, the son of man, is gonna be lifted up. And anyone who looks at him will be saved. Don't you find it fascinating? that you look around our culture today, thousands of years later, and what's one of the symbols that we have for our medical care One of the symbols we have is a snake and a pole. And some kind of say that this goes back to the idea of Hermes in in Greek mythology. But Jesus says in this moment, no, no, it goes back even further than that into the understanding of what Moses did in Numbers chapter 21. And this begins to explain this is what's going to happen. The Son of Man is going to be lifted up. And then it's interesting that he then turns and summarizes really the heart of God in one verse the very next verse John 16 maybe you've heard it maybe you know about it maybe uh, just a second here maybe you've seen a person at a football game holding up the John 316 sign Maybe it's behind the goalpost, and you've seen it. I remember in, uh, when Tim Tebow, 2009, was playing the national uh, championship game, and in his eye black underneath, he put John 3.16. Do you know that at the end of that game, in those few hours following the game, there was over 94 million Google searches for John 3.16? that it had this incredible impact. And many people think they know what it means. Many people can recite it. In fact, I'm gonna ask you to recite it with me in just a second. But in this conversation with Nicodemus, here's what we begin to see. That Jesus lays out, in fact, if you're ready, why don't you say it with me? 26 words. You can tweet the whole thing without any abbreviations. Here's what John 3.16 says. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. It really summarizes for Christians the good news of who Jesus is and what he's come to do and what he's come to announce and the opportunity that is at hand. The kingdom of God is near, Jesus said. This verse summarizes what that is, that to understand that God has a love for people, that God For God so loved the world. What does the world mean? Does it just mean that God has this generic love for the planet Earth and the globe? Well, you have to understand the author of this text, John. He writes later in John chapter 20. Look, I'm writing this. Jesus did many other miracles, but these are written so that you may believe. And what John's saying is like God loves the world. He loves the people of the world, that he loves the idea of people who are not even zeroing in on paying attention to him. And that's who God loves. He loves those that he has found and brought home into relationship with him, but he even loves those who are totally ignoring him. That God has a heart for people, that he loves the irreligious. In fact, God's love is so intense, John writes later in 1 John chapter four, that God is love. That is a deep motivation of who he is. Compassion, the most described emotion of Jesus. It's this deep gut-wrenching kind of love. God loves the poor and he loves the rich. He loves men and women and children. He loves the older person shuffling down the street in in their walker. And he loves the newborn that's snuggled up next to their mother. He loves the strong and the healthy. He loves the weak, the sick, the abandoned, the broken. God loves the educated and the illiterate. He loves, though, from every people group, a nationality, and continent. He loves the self-disciplined and he loves the addict. He loves the high and mighty. He loves the low and powerless and oppressed. God loves the liars, the thieves, the hustlers, the adulterers, the pimps, the prostitutes. God loves the greedy and the lazy employed and the unemployed and the homeless. He loves the divorced. He loves those that are happily married. He loves those that are miserably married. He loves the single. He loves the widowed. He loves those who bow down to idols and worship everything but him. God loves atheists and Muslims and Hindus and Buddhists and he loves those who take his name in vain and he loves his enemies. God loves and he loves me. And he even loves you right where you're at. That That's for God so loved the world. You get to put your name in there. He loved you that he gave his one and only son. See, when you love someone, that's what you do, you give. You do that, you've been doing that all your life for their family and friends gathered around you that when you love them, you give. It's what you do. And so God loved, and so he gave. He did the unthinkable. That the most important demonstration of God's love for sinners is Jesus. By giving Jesus to the world, it's an act of radical, relentless, and ridiculous love. Why? Because God loved the world that he gave. And he expressed it most in the giving of his son, Jesus. He did the unthinkable. The gift of Jesus is the greatest evidence of God's love for you and the greatest evidence of God's love for me. I love what Paul writes in Romans. as He says this, at just the right time, when we are all still powerless. Maybe that's a feeling you have right now in this moment. A sense of powerlessness where you don't have anything to offer to bring to the table to make it worthy of God to pick you when we didn't have anything to bring to the table. is what Paul's saying. God brought the best and he brought Jesus. Christ died for the ungodly, it says. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man, someone may possibly do it. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The beauty of the gospel, capitalized in John three sixteen, for God so loved that he gave his one and only son, that if you would believe in him, you could have everlasting life. You could receive life with God now on into eternity. It's a never separated again. That's the beauty of this conversation. So the reality is that God is the perfect judge and he doesn't just acquit for free. He doesn't just wave things off. The the possibility of perishing is there, but so that a people, a broken people like you and like me, so that we wouldn't have to fall, Jesus took the fall for us. And that's what he did with his death on the cross and the check cleared. That's what the resurrection proves is that God accepted his payment for your payment. If you put your faith in him and Jesus died as your substitute that he took the fall for you. The scriptures teach over and over that you're never gonna be good enough to reach a perfect and holy God, but he made a way that you can have relationship with him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever would believe in him could have everlasting life, life with God. That's the beauty. And it's not so that, okay, well, the beautiful part of that is that if we believe in him, it's not okay if I go to church every Sunday, if I, I give tithes, if I try to do a good life, if I try to read the Bible more or pray more and try to do good and do more good than bad. It's, it's not that, it's if I believe, if I put a trust in him and what he did, not what I do. That's when I receive this eternal life, this born again kind of life that Jesus is describing to Nicodemus. You could really summarize John three sixteen with that God loved, so he gave. And if you believe, you can receive. You can have life with God. That it comes down to a matter, and for some people that may seem overly simple, but I can think of no more profound truth in reality than the invitation of what Jesus gives us. And for many of us, we said yes to that. And so we leaned into God and we said, I want to say yes to Jesus. I'm tired of trying to do it on my own. I'm trying to trying to work my way there. Jesus, you came on a search and rescue mission for me, and I want to lean on you. And so we did. And it's changed our life. And it doesn't mean all the bad things never happen. It doesn't mean we don't have trouble or turmoil in our life. It just means that we're never alone. It means that we're walking life with him. That Jesus came on a search and rescue mission. In fact, he says in the very next verse this, that God sent his son into the world not to judge the world the first time, but to save the world through him. So Jesus is having this one-on-one conversation with Nicodemus and he's saying, look, let me make it real simple. Let me boil it down. Here's the reality, Nick. And Nicodemus is wrestling with this. He's curious, he's leaning in, he's thinking, reacting. Some will reject that invitation and say, no, I'm gonna try to work my way there. Some will just ignore it and say, well, that's way overly too simplified and I I can't go into that. It's something I've got to do. And you'll miss the opportunity of having real life with God. That it comes down as simple that a, a child can understand it and respond to it. Whether you're nine or 99, the invitation is simple and it's put right before you and you are then left to choose. So am I. You could choose to go your own way or you could choose to receive what Jesus said. John records the conversation with Nicodemus kind of ending up this way. He says, verse 18, there's no judgment against anyone who believes in him, speaking of Jesus, but anyone who does not believe in him already stands judged, is not believing in God's one and only son. The judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world and people love the darkness more than the light because their actions were evil. And this imagery of light and dark, we see it all throughout the Gospel of John. In fact, we talked about it at the very first week of this series. As we looked back at John chapter one, verse nine, the one who was true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world did not recognize him. He came to his very own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed in him, They receive the right to become a child of God. It's this amazing promise that we're given this opportunity. At some point, this conversation, the one-on-one conversation with Nicodemus kind of fades, and he walks out of that evening meeting. Jesus continues on with his ministry. Nicodemus continues on with his life. What's fascinating is when you read through the Gospel of John, that's not the end of Nicodemus' story. It may feel like an end because the conversation didn't end with him even saying yes to Jesus yet. But in the middle of the Gospel of John, Nicodemus says, uh, stands up in the midst of the Pharisees who are trying to, to bring Jesus to trial. And he asks and says, well, Jesus needs a fair trial. And even they accuse him. Aren't you one of their belie- uh, his believers? And then go read John 19, verse 39. Jesus dies on the cross, and uh, a friend comes and takes down his body, and you guess who's there? Nicodemus. And he's brought uh, balm to embalm Jesus' body. That it's somewhere along the way, from John chapter 3 to John chapter 19, Nicodemus took that conversation to heart and said, Jesus, you have something that I don't have, and I need what you have. And he gave his life to Christ. And for many of us, we came to a place where we did that. Maybe if you're eavesdropping into the conversation, maybe you've never come to that place. But what if you could? And what if you can actually get to a place where you say, I want Jesus? There's a fascinating story about Billy Graham. He died a couple years ago. Many kind of refer to him as the greatest preacher of this generation. At times throughout TV, evangelism, and rallies that he held around the world, he spoke to half of the world's population. And uh, Larry, his, his group filmed the uh, Billy Graham uh, events and filmed his TV interviews and all that for about 23 different years. And, and in those 23 years, uh, Larry talks about how he had filmed many people. He kind of cut his teeth in broadcast journalism and, and interviewing people from time. And typically as you do set up an interview, you have a mic check time. And in that mic check time, they would often ask executives to, you know, count to 10 or to recite the ABCs or tell people what they had for breakfast. And every single time he said, When Billy Graham was mic-checked, he'd hold the mic and he'd say, For God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And Larry one day asked Billy, he said, Billy, why do you recite John 3.16 every time you do a mic-check? And he said to him, I may mess up and not be very clear, of the gospel message in the interview. So I wanna make sure that the cameraman hears the gospel clearly. My actions speak loud, but my words need to bring clarity. And so friend, as we move into a time of reflection, just a couple minutes before we sing a final song together, I wanna invite you just to close your eyes to lean in, maybe picture yourself eavesdropping in to Jesus and Nicodemus and their conversation. And you hear the words, for God so loved the world. For God so loved you, insert your name, for God so loved that he gave his one and only son. That if they would believe in him, they would not perish but you would have everlasting life, life with God now on into eternity, secure forever. How does that stir your heart to know that God didn't send instructions for you to try to find your way to him? No one's gone up to heaven and come back to report about it, but the son of man, he came down. He came down on a search and rescue mission for you. For me. How does that move your heart? And maybe take a moment and just offer up a prayer of gratitude. God, thanks. Out of the billions of people in the world, you see me. You know me. You want a relationship with me. So you made a way. Just take 30 seconds and just offer up a prayer of gratitude and thanksgiving to him. Father, there are others who maybe have eavesdropped into this conversation, to this service, and maybe they've never come to a place where they've said yes to you, Jesus. But right now, they're there. Right now, your spirit is calling them, wooing them to come home into relationship with you. If that's you, then don't hold back. Say yes to Jesus. You may be at that place where just in the turmoil of everything going on in life, you have finally had your foundation shaken. And you don't know what to hold on to. Well, friend, let me introduce you to someone who can hold on to you. Say yes to Jesus. You don't have to know all the answers. You don't have to have it all figured out. The beauty of saying yes to Jesus is you're saying, look... Jesus, I I recognize that it was your life, your death, and your resurrection that made a way for me to have life with God, to have a relationship with God, not because of my merit, my effort, or what I could do. So just say yes to him. And as a church, man, if that's you, we so much have a passion to want to cheer for you, to champion you as you follow Jesus moving forward as you're one of his followers. And so if that's you, if you said yes to him for the very first time, then I'm just gonna ask you to maybe email us, info at elementcitychurch.org, or just make a post in the Facebook feed that's going on down the right, and just say, hey, that was me. I said yes to Jesus. And I'm telling you, you're gonna have a bunch of people who just comment and reply to you who are just cheering for you, welcoming you into the family of God. And that is a church from whether it's online or eventually when we get back to being together, we will not quit on you. We will champion you. We're here for you. And Jesus, more importantly, is here with you always and forever moving forward. Romans chapter 10 says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's not overly complicated. It's not a a massive prayer that you have to pray. It's just an expression. God, Jesus, I need you. I believe that you really are the Lord, that you lived and you died and you came back to life, that I could come into a life-giving relationship with you. So say yes to him. Let us know about that. And as we sing this final song, just allow your heart to burst. Whether you've said yes to him a long time ago, or in the last 30 seconds, allow your heart to be moved, to be closer to him. And so Father, we pray, as we worship you in this song, as we worship you with the way we live, God, would you help us to live in the shadow of gratitude all our days, that you made it simple. Jesus, you were approachable. You didn't wait for us to try to get to you. You came to us. and You made a way. You offer life with you forevermore. You're with us 24-7, 365 in the good times and the difficult times of life. You never quit on us and we are forever grateful. Father, for friends who have maybe said yes to you for the first time, Jesus, would you just burst forth in their heart? May they sense your presence in a new and refreshing way. May you allow us as a church to come alongside and cheer and champion them forward. As we worship you in this song, would you allow your spirit to stir us in a way that refreshes our soul, that is life-giving as we lean deeper and deeper into you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
5: of heaven in a peace that lasts forever see Captivated by the Spirit Drawing closer by grace, and all my heart is yours. All fear. Your face is all I seek, you are my enemy.
6: thank you that your love is so deep that we can sink into it and keep on going and it is so deep Lord just pull us in more and more and more all the things in our world that we've idolized and have put in your place are not existing right now and Lord we have the choice just like Nicodemus to accept your love and sink deep into it or turn our backs. But Lord, we want you. We desire you. And we thank you that you have created such a wonderful, wonderful relationship that we can engage in. That we can have with you. And, Lord, continue just to bring more and more people to you. Lord, bring us back in this time of quarantine and this time with you. Renew us and bring us back to yourself. Amen. Well, thank you for being with us tonight. We wanted you to just continue this thought of God so loved the world. He did so many things for us. And in this time, we can just give back by the time we build our faith by praying and, and building relationships and serving and doing all those other things. So just, just encourage to do that. I'm going to encourage you to do something a little bit different. Uh, you know, if you standard uh, church service, we meet afterwards and we talk and we chat and we relate to each other. And so we've uh, set something up tonight. We've set up a Zoom chat. Um, it's in the comments or in the description and uh, just hit that button and there's going to be people going to be flooding there. There's people there to greet you. Um, we just want to gather together, talk about what God's moving you, what you're struggling with in this quarantine, but we just want to have a connection point for you. And so click that Zoom call and there will be people there uh, to greet you and say hello. Um, I also want to thank you for all the generosity. Lord, there's many people that are struggling right now. Uh, There's churches that are struggling out there and you guys have been so generous with your resources and your time and your energy. And Lord, I just want to thank you for that. And you can also continue to give on that, like Dave mentioned earlier about the, the Hope Mom. Um, please use the Hope Mob to anything above and beyond what you'd like to give um, to help us in this community as people are getting laid off and people need food um, just please continue to, to give to that um, also we uh If you're new with us, you've come to the the live feed and you're like, hey, who are these guys? We have an app. We'd love for you to download that app and fill out the connection card so we get to know you a little bit better. And so please do that. Um, Also, the need help and want help that's on our website or on the app, please fill that out. Either or. If you like to give help or if you need some help, please, please do that. Um, Also, we have the Wednesday prayer. Um, we're going to be doing that. We're going to be doing that versus Zoom. You can go to the, uh, the app and under events, the link is there. And so that'll be Wednesday. Um, we're trying to gather as many people as we can to pray uh, for our families and friends and where the Holy Spirit wants us to do. We'd love to see you online next week. We'll be back. And uh, thank you for attending uh, with us and watching with us. Um, thanks for commenting and, and uh, letting you know us, people come, that are coming and people that are going. And Lord, I just thank you for being a church. Thank you for being a church that is in, in, um, just intuitive to who God is and wants to be his hands and feet. And so I'm just gonna pray us out and uh, pray us into next week and, and, and the opportunities that the Holy Spirit has for you to respond in a way that is powerful and mighty. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for who you are. Lord, you are mighty, you are powerful, you are glorious. Lord, let us just reflect that, just like the moon reflects the sun. Lord, our job is to reflect you in this earth. And Lord, we thank you for all the opportunities that are coming this week, all these opportunities that are coming this week to serve you and to speak about you and your glory, and your love. And Lord, let us just love so deep, so deep that people will realize that something's different. And Lord, thank you for the love that you've given us in everything that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys have a great week. Go get to that Zoom call. We'll be saying hi. You guys have a great week.